<clears throat> oh, there it is. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast. Jack's making strange noises, not singing for once. No. But Sam and Jack are here to talk about what's been going on. We have listened to How to Pitch Your Idea by Y Combinator. <laughs> Kevin Hale was the guy giving this talk. It was very interesting. Jack, did you have any preliminary things about what, which were the main bits that you think we should talk about? I've got a kind of couple of things that he pointed out, which are like some people may just completely scoop over, but I'm sure you're going to go through them anyway. Like a bit how on the Y Combinator page, for example, there's a link that says how you should apply to Y Combinator. And I wonder how many people don't even click that link when applying there. And he's like, it's right there. It's been there for years and uh, people don't take like the simple steps. The cheat sheet is there. They don't even take it. Yeah. So if there are guidelines, whether it's for Y Combinator or any investor, it's worth reading their website just to check. And the same with me as a podcaster. Often people put this in your message so that I know that you're not just like a bot or something. And people just like get fed up of being messaged all the time or on couch surfing as well. It's something people really do is you're trying to get a couch on someone's things. I'll put like some random little question, like say the word bananas in your email to me. And it's just worth noting these things because if people have to deal with a lot of stuff, they'll use like filter techniques. And if you haven't done it in the way they ask for it, like you've got no chance. So in the speech, he mainly goes through like how to package your idea and how you would do that in a way to get into Y Combinator, talking about what it is you do rather than going in depth into why and all these things up front because they want to understand the idea first before they can then, like relate to these things and basically trying to keep it as short and concise and understandable as possible and maybe getting some like insight from other people rather than just sort of having stuff that comes out your brain straight away to them without being filtered just seems like a bit of a waste of time if you could get it radically improved so firstly on the packaging idea a startup idea should solve a problem should have the solution for it and you should show that you have some insight into this area and he revisits some of the old lectures where he mentioned that a problem, it should be something that's like, it's really popular, it's growing, it feels urgent, it's maybe expensive for people or like required, or they feel this problem frequently. And you shouldn't be a solution that's searching for a problem to solve. You should have started with the problem first. And he also goes through like the main elements of your startup you should have to be well, successful. Either like the founders should have some like real special source or insight with professional skills, or the market should be growing at a really big rate, or the product should be 10 times better than what's available. And you should have like zero acquisition costs and some ability to monopolize your area. And this is, a, this is essentially the main ingredients that you need to package in your pitch to an accelerator or an investor. As we mentioned, they have a whole blog about how to apply successfully, which explains the main things they want to hear about from you. And this is what really annoys them is that like half their applications, they feel that are from people that maybe are just as good as the other people, but they just haven't explained it clearly. Or isn't they expect that of half the people that make it to interviews, the other half of just people that are just as good, but just blew the applications. So you don't want to be the person that just sort of misses a chance just because it wasn't good enough. And the most important thing is to just express yourself clearly. Like the number one issue is that people say things that may be cool, but they're not quite sure why. And you should just make it very obvious what it is you're doing. And then he explains that great investors don't necessarily need to hear all the details. They should be able to like wrap it together around the idea and then see where it could go. And they can maybe almost sell the vision back to you. Whereas bad investors will just like look to poke holes and everything. But as long as you can express something clearly enough, they should be able to get the idea of it and see where it could go. They don't need you to like lay out the, the 10 step process necessarily of like what could happen maybe for it to then like take off a bit more for like some other fortuitous event to make it eventually huge. They can like wrap these things together in their own brains and see like, okay, because they expect to take chances and like not everything will work, but 
as long as they can see that it's possible it could be like a billion dollar idea then they'll sort of be able to take that forwards and so once you finish your application you need to sort of basically ask yourself well what they're doing when they read is they ask themselves do they understand the idea are they excited by the idea and do they like the team because they want to have to work with them and so number one thing as we mentioned was to just be as clear as possible so you start with like the 50 character description of your business just saying simply what it does and then like a longer sort of 200 word description of what it is you're going to make and just don't sort of say any kind of weird ambiguous stuff there just be very precise of like our company does x legible simple and obvious rather than like hiding it in like a we're going to be the number one solution for like these weird problems that like so many different people have in different places at different times and so once it's like clear then it's easy for them to sort of grow and take it forwards. And so it's like before anyone can remember what you're saying, they need to understand it. So it kind of contradicts the whole Simon Sinek start with why, like people don't buy into what you do, they buy into why you do it, which is very true. But if I'm going to invest in you, I kind of need to know what you're doing to then understand why you're doing it. And so when it comes to these things, I said that they'll buy into you with your why, but they need to know what it is you're doing because they're buying into the company first and then into you. So just make it obvious what it is that they're doing. And then you can then sort of go deeper into the problems. So if you spend the whole time just talking about different people's problems, they're kind of like waiting for it to tie together and sort of forgetting what you're talking about as you're saying it, because they're not quite sure they can't tie it to anything. So you have to start with like the, we do X and this will be solving this problem. And they'll also be solving that problem. They can kind of keep on making those connections and it makes it much easier to understand and follow as you're going through. And if you're having slides and stuff, just make sure you keep them legible and simple because often you'll have investors that maybe don't have such good abilities of sight or they might be like at the back of the conference room and things and people just need to read your slides and you don't want to like hide them important information from them to make it as obvious as possible. And in it, you just need to think about who's going to be reading it and try to avoid any jargon. So, I mean, they use the words like MVP and all this stuff a lot, but he does acknowledge that any kind of specific industry terms just sort of say what it what it is in like plain English rather than jargon because that can confuse people and again like detracts from it being understandable. These are the main things and like he gives some examples like Airbnb is the first online marketplace that lets travelers book rooms with locals instead of hotels. And that could have been a much longer sort of vision of everything, but it's just like, okay, that is what we do. Or Dropbox synchronizes files across your team's computers. One sentence, and then you get it. And so if you can kind of do that somehow in a way that says what it does and maybe indicates that there's a big market, it's nice. And yeah, I think that's about it. Basically, you can expect that these people read a lot of applications and they're going to get bored pretty quickly. And if they can do it in a way that they can understand you clearly and maybe get excited by how cool you sound and want to work with you, that's all you really need to do. That uh, rounds up the explanation of what it was about. So syncifying it. I think one of the things that I particularly struggled with to begin was analyzing particularly and specifically the problem that we were trying to solve. And one of the things that you have to do when approaching and pitching to investors is you have to be very specific with the problem that we're looking to solve. Because in the grand scheme of things, saying that you're going to solve loneliness and encourage empathy and break down those systemic barriers between all of us and all that kind of stuff, it's a huge problem to solve. So what we had to do a little bit more, especially in the last few weeks, is to really specify what is the particular problem that we think we're going to address first and then syncify. I know they advised that creating a solution before the problem is bad. What we do was we knew what the problem was, but then we were like, okay, we're going to create a solution for that problem. But also that solution we created needs to be able to solve a more specific problem to do with the bigger problem to begin with. And that was something that you and I spent a bit of time really trying to work out, wasn't it? 
Yeah. Also, I don't think it helped that you didn't really relate to the educational side of it because you kind of listen to podcasts for just entertainment like Joe Rogan and sort of fighting things or comedy. And I was like, oh, there's so much more you can learn from being able to talk with other people. And so it's really good to start syncifying with each other when you're like, holy shit, this is so much better. Like I'm, I'm getting like way more knowledge from these things. And you sort of, we sort of started helping us align on that side of the vision. And it sort of also led to us realizing that it's easiest for us to target people like us initially as the first sort of problem is in people who are trying to explain their ideas to each other and not always doing it clearly and misunderstanding each other. If there's stuff that they both need to actually try and learn together, they can kind of learn that ahead of time and then discuss the problems by syncifying. And so maybe we should be targeting the people who are like us that relate to our problems because if we can talk about the value of syncifying as founders for other founders, whether it's talking about like going deeper into, okay, as a founder, I'm lonely. I can sort of talk about that from my perspective as a founder, but I think we're going to focus more on just sort of the ability to sync up with your team and, and have like a better working relationship and get a much more efficient process in place where you sort of don't waste your whole time trying to work out what it is other people are thinking and you can kind of align on these thoughts so it's like a time-saving kind of educational tool it is and it's and it's good that we wrote out the vision like especially i'm writing my kind of why sync fight at the moment you've done yours because although we're going to have to kind of not tilt slightly but our problem that we're first going after is a lot less sexy than our overall problem that we're going we're going after in terms of the loneliness but what we still need to be able to do is make sure that people understand specifically the idea that we're talking about and still make them excited because they'd be excited by the original idea of the loneliness side of things but how can you make the specific problem we're solving for in with educational with uh, mental health groups and with founders and teams how excited are they going to be by it? And is it almost worth being a bit more grand in or whatever the expression is to think bigger picture stuff if it means they're going to be more excited by their idea? There has to be like a tiny bit of compromise there between the excitement and the understanding of it, which is something I think that I've particularly found difficult when doing it because I feel like the more minute and the smaller the problem we're trying to solve in the first instance, the less cool it sounds. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it depends on who we're talking to because I felt when talking to investors and founders, the ones that are sort of on an educational journey that's put a lot of time into listening to books and podcasts sort of got the idea straight away, especially the ones that are trying to make notes and sort of enhance their learning value from them and are struggling because life gets in the way and they would really prefer like the time to have a bit more feedback and to think deeper on these things they sort of found it super sexy because they kind of realized the immediate gain for them and then sort of saw that actually if you could solve that problem like there were bigger things that could then go on to do but we're just like excited by like the initial main thing that they have rather than trying to trying to talk to something that's like bigger and looser like loneliness with founders when people aren't so aware about when they're lonely or there isn't really like a price tag on solving it as such whereas people do use tools to make notes for education and things so it, it kind of felt a bit more like a real thing for them i found when pitching to investors in that sense does it sound like when we're pitching it and we say this is to help founders and their teams connect better let's say and communicate better does that sound like a billion dollar idea because that's also some of the feedback we've got right it's like it doesn't it sounds cool something you can sell well it's like slack communication for teams yeah but that everyone chats online not everyone listens to podcasts and not everyone look at podcasts for education and not everyone listens to a podcast for education that they then want to share with their teams it's like four stages away it's interesting to see because i almost feel like when we're doing these kind of things a part of me has to kind of grip my teeth and be like 
yep, we're going to solve this issue for, for founders and stuff. And then if they come back and they're like, it's not really big enough. I'm like, well, if we explain to you that the big things about like getting people from different sides of the globe and different opinions to talk to one another via the content they're listening, breaking down those barriers that have somehow become systemic because people were lonely to begin with, this will inflect serious law change in the next couple of generations and everything's going to be really nice and dice. You wouldn't understand it and wouldn't believe me. <laughs> so you're like, okay, right. We have to kind of con- condense it down, which is a bit crazy. It is one of those really sort of stupid ironies that like if you explain something as a billion dollar like huge idea you sound like you're a bit nuts when you're at this stage and like obviously you just open yourself up to being ridiculous if you present them with an accounting sheet of like oh look this is where i make a billion dollars in three years time because i have constant growth they're like well you're an idiot get out of this room and but they won't ever invest in anyone that isn't going to be a billion dollar idea and you're like well i mean i need to be reasonable and sensible but then that's just not interesting but then I'm saying if I do this other thing, it's something that we still have work to do on, to be honest with you. Uh, we've never actually written the line. Syncify, the problem is Syncify is da-da-da, is da-da-da. That is, the current problem is da-da-da-da-da. And then the solution is da-da-da. Because a part of us wants to go, but also we want to cure loneliness. <laughs> like, it's a tough part. And that also, that also falls into what they were saying about making no jargon, no preamble, and it's not reproducible. Something that's not ambiguous, not too complex, not too mysterious, and not something that's ignorable. And it's like, but how many B2B things do they hear every single day where it's about team building and communication and all that kind of stuff? It's almost worth just kind of going, okay, eight out of 10 of you are going to think we're nuts. The ninth one is going to be like, well, I'm going to hear them out. And the, the last one is going to go, oh, this is a billion dollar idea. Let's at least have another call. And it's walking that tightrope. And I think what applications actually give you is the ability to very specifically write down what it is that you're going for. Because you need to entertain someone in the first five, 10 seconds, right, of reading an application. So you can almost be like, okay, well, Syncify is the first social podcasting app ever. Okay, that's one. Yeah, I would highly go against that because there's other social podcasting apps and it immediately puts me on the offensive of like, this person's lying to me. I'm going to be judging this, like the rest of what you say. Okay. So you mean that in terms of like the social podcasting apps or podcasts that have social features though? Because there is a difference. Yeah. There's a lot of apps that have classed themselves as social podcasting apps. So even if we think we're making like a new more social category, it's just like, you just can't say that because there's quite a few. (laughs) And so it just sounds like you don't even know your market or like you're just lying and that you're a salesman. It's almost like if you listen to podcasts and you don't know the social features to it, then if there's a social podcasting company, you don't, you clearly don't know about it. It's not like you're saying, oh, we're the first social media app. It's like, well, no, you're not. Obviously you're not. But social podcasting, there's no dominant one. Facebook didn't say they were the first social media. Neither did MySpace, even though they then became like the huge ones. So Google didn't come in and say, we're the first search engine because they just were the fastest search engine. We are the most social podcast player ever. That could be a thing. Now we're onto something, <laughs> but don't make falsifiable claims. I would say. So okay, off the top of your head now, like I just did. What is the first line of Syncify then? So Syncify is a social podcast and audiobook player. That's the most concise thing. And then, like, if there are some words that make it better, like the most social podcast, perhaps. But it still seems a bit false when we haven't got users yet. And this, you could say the first social podcast and audiobook player that lets you listen live with others. But within CastBox, you can listen when people release an episode live. You can't you have any friends on CastBox, but there are other users 
So if your friends were on CastBox and listening to that same one because you told them to, it would kind of be the same thing. So it's still hard to claim that. And Spotify can now as well, but just no one seems to know about it. Maybe we shouldn't tell anyone about it. It's not in the same way, exactly. No, it's just tuning in, isn't it? Rather than any, anything else. What did you think about when he said it's important that like, even if people don't understand the product specifically, they understand the company? Some things can be a bit more confusing if it's like a type of software that's a bit deeper tech or... Maybe it's something in a really specific problem in recruitment that you don't really understand, like how it integrates into someone's system, but you get like the general problem that they may be solving for a recruiting company to make their like auditing faster, but you don't understand like the systems of it. You don't have to understand the product as such if you know what the company exists for and what they're trying to do. So as in some people don't listen to podcasts, they don't necessarily get our product but they might understand that we're trying to make people connect and understand what they're doing because they understand that like if they read a book and they reach the end of the same chapter as someone else they can still talk about it and they can understand those principles without needing to listen to podcasts as such if they know that like the podcast industry is huge they can kind of just draw the lines of what makes sense without needing to know exactly like what you're doing at what time when you're on a podcast player kind of thing yeah because a lot of people you can't expect investors to understand every single part of, of like every industry that's out there can you and if they get the understanding about how the company can work either on like a b2c level or b2b level and they can acknowledge that this company can be successful based on the art market information you tell them but then they can understand how it can be a company they talked about it at y combinator as well like one of the skills they give you is the ability to talk about your company in every way shape or form like you're just constantly talking about your company and that gives you the ability to talk about it to co-founders to users to employees and investors and i think one of the first parts especially for us one of the most valuable things so far has been writing out these pitches and doing these pitches we just say what the company does out loud again and again and again until we know what it is we, we inherently know what syncify stands for now what we need to do is carve out something that is that we say to one person that resonates with the different people like it has to be one thing that we say to every single different person and they understand what it is that we are yeah certainly some guys struggled with initially was sort of working out what the thing like i found like it was different things work for different people and we're often sort of trying to pick up on that in the initial parts of conversation before i then go more into the pitch where having worked out what would make sense for them. Whereas yeah. now it's trying to be a bit more, okay, let's go specific on like, this is the problem that we're solving for now. And this is what it will come to. And if I know about them, I'll sort of explain what that could mean to them in the long run. And when we start doing the test in the next few weeks, the MVP, we'll also get a better idea there. If it is actually something that benefits founder CEOs, or if it's just like a peer to peer friend or family thing, or whether it's going to be another thing that we haven't yet tested on, because we don't, and that will help us tilt what when it comes to, to pitching. We'll be like, okay, we know we have traction in this area as opposed to this area. This is what we should start to tilt towards, right? Well, I mean, it does also depends on the environment that we put them in. So if we give them an app, but just let them listen live at the same time, that's not necessarily that useful for a founder. But we might be at the start of something that's useful in terms of like having your history and maybe being able to like share notes with people and be like aligned on what you have been listening to is useful. But like if I'm busy, if I randomly get like one hour in the gym, but I'm not sure when it is, I don't necessarily need to be listening live at the same time as someone else but if i listen to something good it would be nice if like i can share that with other people or have that shared with me i don't need to be doing it together but if the app only lets you listen live at the same time that isn't going to test that but if we talk to them about it and see what problems they then talk about it should dictate where we take the app even if they don't like it straight away necessarily yeah but how so they have to like it first right they have to be like oh this is a good idea i like this idea yeah they have to like the, the general idea of it but then like what the actual mvp is and that's the whole point of your first MVP should be 
shitty is it? it shouldn't necessarily solve all the problem but it should be able to like unlock their imagination so if we can show something that sort of has the potential to do the things that they want it to do but doesn't do it yet that's okay if it's sort of just like this is just a completely stupid idea then yeah that's not so good yeah so this is pretty good i think it was very much a, a second part of how to was it evaluate your startup how to your startup yeah how to visit right startup in terms of execution the key takeaways are make it legible make it clear, make it simple, make it obvious. Be conversational with the way you explain it, but don't kind of go into this kind of weird abstract way of talking about it, which makes it not almost sound like unusable. But you should be able to kind of explain pretty concisely what it does. And if you can do that and then people understand specifically what it does, it makes it a lot easier to build your case on top of that. The feeling I got was a lot of people have said, have become up with these grand ideas, but what they miss out is saying, hey, and I've done it before and I've been chatting about Syncify and when I've been writing things, it's like, but what does it do? Like, what is the simple function of what it does? So that was my main takeaway and to not forget that like Syncify is an app that allows you to listen to audiobooks and podcasts with your friends and also see what they have listened to in the past. Like I need to sometimes just put that right in my skull and think like, what is it we do? But as soon as I say that, it puts it in my head that like anything I say after that, that isn't rooted in what I just said is going to be nonsensical and it's going to be pretty ambiguous. The world is disconnected because it's going to be very hard to draw that back once I've said that, you know, that's the problem. But say what it is first and then the problem is going to be a lot easier to draw back into the, the functionality rather than anything else. That was my key, my key takeaway. He gives a bit of an insight into his, like when he's reading thousands of applications and sometimes he'll get these ones where like the person will say, in the beginning, there was the founder. He has this problem and it turns into this epic story until you eventually get to what the solution is. And he's like, I don't have time for like a bloody epic story. I just want to know what you're doing. Just tell me what you're doing. And literally like last, well, a few weeks ago, we were on a call with an investor where you kind of did like the, so there's the founder, but he's got this problem and he's stressed and he's got, he hasn't got enough time. He's trying to talk to his team, but they hasn't got enough time to do things. But sometimes he goes to the gym and you went on a really long explanation where I got kind of confused. And then at the end, it was like, the founder needs to build a palace, but no one knows why he needs to build a palace. And you're like, Jack, you haven't even said what the thing is we do yet. I think falling in love with your own narrative or your own idea behind something is pretty common. And that's why I said, like the whole what it is we do it needs to be the, the root and then grow from that rather than kind of be interested in us we shouldn't be in a position where we're like floundering to make people interested or buy into us because i was kind of looking for his head to nod it should be like no this is what we do it's going to be value because of this and this is how it's going to solve things rather than just kind of like window shopping or, or just kind of like holding up different things and seeing if he's going to nod or shake his head because that doesn't show a lot of clarity sure so it would be nice to close this episode with our actual statement but we should probably need to like discuss that a little bit more well it's in literally like the one sentence summary of syncify and then like sort of how we would pitch like the the what it is that we do if we were filling in that form on my combinator for people because we've just spent the whole time talking about like how to do it but we still haven't actually done it <laughs> i mean we've been doing it loads but what i've written down is syncify is a social podcasting app that allows you to see what your friends professional network and favorite influencers listen to the world is full of disconnected people but since you know i see then it kind of fades into like this other stuff that i was going to talk about which doesn't seem very good now so yeah to your friends family professional network and favorite influencers through podcasts and audiobooks there you go the ramble I did yesterday was quite good in terms of the world is in a state of disconnect. I liked that bit. But yeah, getting concise. Big, grand ideas, simple products. Grand ideas, simple products. Boom. Yeah. And now we have hit the limit for this episode, so we're going to stop recording. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. <laughs>